everyone, I'm Heather, one of the Youth Services Librarians at Heartland's Cro-Maine Library, and today I'm here with Eric, one of our Adult Services Librarians, Grace, our Adult Services Manager, and Shelby, who works in our Community Relations Department. Today we're back to discuss part two of Alan Schwartz's epic book that haunted all of our childhoods, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Here we go! Part two of this book, he heard footsteps coming up the cellar stairs. There are ghosts in this chapter. One comes back as a real person. Another takes revenge on her murderer. And there are other strange happenings. And the image leading us in is a creepy looking like dude. And it almost looks like he has horns on his feet. And he's walking upstairs <laughs> with his finger in the air. Like I'm going up there to She's bother like, them. Let me tell you something mm-hmm. as he walks. <laughs> I'm coming back from the dead. And maybe I was just a silly little kid. And I didn't notice this my first time through as a traumatized child. Mm-hmm. Um, did anyone else notice that... Um, He's he's our guy who guides us through the whole book. He's on he's on our part one. Ah no. So here he is again as part two, creeping up the stairs, same fella. And then we'll see him again in part three, but it's the the funnier uh section of the book it's supposed to make you laugh. Um, I think, or maybe the anyway, but we see him throughout. So it's good catch, Shelby. I did not notice that either. I I noticed that the first one and the last one were the same guy. And so then I looked back at this one and noticed oh it's the creepy scarecrow but now he's coming into our home this is great <laughs> I think I was like looking at these like I'm not gonna look too closely at this, this <laughs> yeah, is so I didn't even notice <laughs> I'm yeah. just gonna move right along well Thank it so also much. makes so much sense why they put him on the cover of like later editions because he's kind of our storyteller so I'm just gonna assume because again I've only read up to part two that by part five he's like sucking our souls out of our bodies. That's my guess. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So our first story from part two is the thing. When I tell you, I'm so excited to talk about this one. (laughs) (laughs) So, all right. The first thing we noticed with the thing with, with our edition, what was this? 81? 81. edition is the illustration is probably, I think it's one of the creepiest ones in the book because our guy his eyes are bulging and then he's got these freaky teeth that he's showing you it's a nice close-up of his creepy face and it kind of looks like the skin on his uh face is rotting that haunts my dreams I hate it so much um so (laughs) so to start with that is really an unpleasant way to get into the story but it's a story about two dudes chilling their names are Ted and Sam They spend a lot of time together. And so one particular night, they're just sitting on a fence and then they see in the field across a road, some kind of creature crawling out of the field and it stands there and looks at them. And it looks like a man, but it's dark and it's hard to tell. So then it disappears and it comes back. It starts walking towards them and then it disappears again. So then it came out another time and our buddies, Ted and Sam were scared. So they start running away, decide they're being silly, and then they uh, they turn back and they look at this creature thing again. So Sam says he's going to try to touch it. So he walks over to it and uh, he gets really close to it. He peers into its creepy face. It looks like a skeleton. So 
he and Sam run away again, but this time the skeleton follows them. It gets outside their house and then it walks around for a little bit and walks away. So the story is already extremely creepy. I hate it so much. But then the last couple of sentences really wrap it up like a horrible joke. Okay. So the last little section is a year later, Ted got sick and died. Toward the end, <laughs> Sam sat up with him every night. The night Ted died, Sam said that he looks just like the skeleton. So <laughs> everyone's like, no, no, no. So this skeleton was like some kind of wraith that was like warning them of his death. Mm -hmm. like a, a figment of his own future dead no i hate it i hate it yeah i hate it because one of my questions was why did ted die and not sam because sam like touched him yeah that doesn't seem fair like i gotta die because my friend decided to like yeah go poke at a ghost person right Maybe i mean which would be the worse moral to the story right be careful who you're friends with yeah, which which is worse though, like and don't touch being corpses and dying or, or being the person who watches your friends turn into a skeleton. Like mm -hmm. honestly, both are rough. Yeah. And I mean the Wraith figure did follow them back to Ted's house, but Ted didn't touch him. Sam did. Jerk. I know. <sighs> thanks a lot, buddy. Yeah. And like the creepy no one's safe. That's the moral of this story. No, no one is safe. safe. Like, stop doing these things. Stop touching wraiths that you see. <laughs> like, just walk the other way. And just this is on a much lighter note, but the image in this one, like, it's super creepy, but it also made me think of like Alice Cooper and like the makeup <laughs> that he would wear or like kissed and like their face full of makeup I don't know I think it was like the starburst effect on the eye that harkens back okay I see sunken and skull eyes and Heather's over here like it's kiss makeup rock yeah. on dude yeah <laughs> for those about to rock there's <laughs> <laughs> like schools out forever for that kid <laughs> ah schools out forever <laughs> All right, so our next story is Cold as Clay. So I'm really excited that I get to talk about both of these because um, mm -hmm. maybe I'll talk about it after I tell the story, but yeah. I noticed similarities in both stories that made both of them my two favorites in the book. So Cold as Clay is about a farmer and a daughter. The daughter falls in love with this farmhand. His name is Jim. The father doesn't like Jim. So he sends the daughter away and uh, unfortunately, Jim gets sick and wastes away and dies. So it's kind of implied that he dies of heartbreak. This uh, farmer's daughter never finds out that Jim is dead. They've just been separated. So one night, many weeks later, there's a knock on the girl's door and it's Jim standing there. So he says, your father asked me to get you. I came on his best horse. Let's skedaddle on out of here and go back to the farm. And so she packs a few things and gets on the back of the horse and they're riding together on the horse. And then Jim says he's got a terrible headache. So his lover takes her little <laughs> scarf, wraps it around his head, thinking that maybe he's got a fever or something. So they get to the farm and the girl dismounts from the horse and knocks on the door and her father is startled to see her. So she says, didn't you send for me with, with Jim? And the father says, I did not do that. So <laughs> she turns to Jim, but he's not there. 
And so terrified, the father tells her the truth about Jim already being dead. So they go out and they look in the horse stable and they see that the horse is there. And this creeps me out that the horse was terrified and trembling and sweaty, but the horse was okay and put back in the stable. And then the father and the daughter decide to uh, talk to Jim's parents. I guess they needed permission. Very polite of them. Then they open the coffin of Jim. They like dig it out of the ground and open it up. They find the corpse in the coffin, but around the head, they find the girl's handkerchief. Very creepy. This is another one where the very last line is kind of the creepiest one and it really ties everything together. So I think both of these stories really give us this idea of horror being similar to humor where you build up the tension and you keep building it up but with humor you release it at the end with your final little line or whatever the end of your joke is and it's released through laughter but with horror you build up that tension and then there's a pause and then the very end you get that last scare out there and instead of just saying ah at the end it's some kind of very creepy way that brings everything full circle and the most horrifying way possible. So these two stories really tie in that similarity between horror and comedy. And it's fun to kind of look at that through the rest of the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the head thing, it made me wonder if Jim, Jim had died from a brain aneurysm and not like a broken heart, like, oh, my head hurts so bad. I definitely wondered that. But then I also started thinking, I don't know if you guys know the band Rilo Kylie, um, but they're one of my favorite bands. And they have a, a song called A Man, Me, and Jim. And the guy, Jim, um, he died of a broken heart too. He actually committed suicide and the song is really sad. But it has like the storytelling aspect too. And I, I don't know why I was thinking of that song in particular. I don't know if it's just because the subject of the song is named Jim. But um, yeah, that came to mind. So he might have died. Anyone else feel like the farmer killed Jim to keep him from marrying his daughter? Oh, like blunt force trauma or something to that too. Because the farmer thought that Jim was not good enough for his daughter. Mm -hmm. And to keep them apart. Maybe. Yeah. And he felt so guilty about Jim's death. He could not tell his daughter what had happened. Why would you feel guilty about it? I mean, yeah, he sent him away. Like he sent his daughter away, but why would you feel guilty about it? Oh, Grace. I feel like this warrants more investigation. We need a true crime, scary stories to tell in dark podcast. (laughs) Yes. I read a lot of mysteries, so I was suspicious of this farmer immediately. (laughs) Yeah. All right, the next story is The White Wolf. Yeah, so this story is much more basic. I mean, I could be missing some good analysis here, but it is about uh, these timber wolves are um, terrorizing French Creek. And so they put a bounty out to stop them from killing their cattle for, I believe it was... Oh God. 10 bucks. Yep. It was, it was 10 bucks per wolf. And this, the town butcher, Bill Williams kills over 500 of them over a few years to the point where he's killed so many wolves that there are hardly any left 
in this little area. So he decides to retire because he's rich now from all his wolf killing. But then one day, a farmer reports a white wolf that's killed two of his sheep. And this white wolf keeps showing up all around the countryside. And every time people try to shoot it or try to kill it in any way, they just can't do it. It's this white wolf terrorizing the entire countryside until one night it comes into Bill's yard and kills his pet cow, which is such an odd choice for a pet, but you know, more power to you, Bill, I guess. <laughs> My pet cow! Especially <laughs> being a butcher, you'd be like, well, I'm a butcher. I guess he's my pet, though, for a cow. Um, so Bill goes on a little vengeance quest. He buys a lamb, he stakes him outside, and then he sits with his rifle outside a tree, backs off 50 yards. He waits with a gun in his lap, but Bill never comes back to town and his friends start looking for him and eventually they find the lamb and it's still alive. It's just really hungry. And then they find Bill and Bill has been mauled, his throat torn open, his gun never fired and no signs of a struggle. And as for the white wolf, as the story goes, we never see it again. Mm. Very good. Yes. Yeah, I felt like this was just a whole story of karma because Bill just mm -hmm. had dollar signs in his eyes. And if it's a white wolf, maybe it's a ghost wolf who's coming to seek his revenge on the man who killed all of the wolves. Yeah. The white wolf king. The white wolf. <laughs> the white wolf king. Winter uh, came for Bill. I also kind of thought not that it was simple necessarily, but that like, you know, the ghost wolf killed the man. <laughs> I didn't read too much into it. I was yeah. like, ooh, spooky. That's mm -hmm. great. This and, checks uh, out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, you know, it. I just, uh, I don't know if I find wolves very spooky, even mm -hmm. if they're ghost wolves, but you know, that being said, I haven't had the pleasure of encountering a ghost wolf yet. So I may feel differently. I'll get back to you. I feel like that's good that you have an encounter in the school. Thank you so much. I try to stay away from haunted places this yeah. time of year. Yeah, I'm happy for you, buddy. I say in a haunted building. I know, right? Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of haunted buildings, our next story is The Haunted House. Thank you so much for that incredible segue. <laughs> 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 it's a gift okay i've got one more spooky story this one is a lot it's um a big old bag of spooks so this one starts with a preacher who's going into this haunted house to exercise the demon as they say so he's sitting in there with his fire he's reading the bible he's hanging out and he keeps hearing footsteps creeping up the cellar stairs i hate it okay <laughs> we've specified how much i hate okay so he's kind of scared he hollers what do you want and you know the cellar door never opens so it's it's all cool but after a while this the spooky steps come back up and this happens a few more times uh and then eventually he holds his bible out and he says in the name of the father the son and the holy ghost who are you and what do you want? I, I don't know if I'd be able to say all that if there were a ghost lady standing in front of me. <laughs> so then the haunt, as they call it, comes into the room and starts chatting him up, telling him his, her, her whole story. So this image haunts 
my dreams mm-hmm. and my nightmares. Mm-hmm. And this is the image that it must be on the cover of a few of the scary story, uh, other published books. Mm-hmm. Um, but this for me is the most, I don't want to say nostalgic because that makes it sound like I look upon <laughs> it fondly. <laughs> the, the image that I remember the most from these books is this creepy lady. And I think a lot of kids felt the same way mm-hmm. that her creepy close-up eyeless face with the hair falling off of her head and her face half rotted is what lots of kids also remembered most vividly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my note for this one was, this story has the most terrifying image in the whole book. Creepy ghost yeah. girl with no eyes will haunt my nightmares forever. <laughs> yeah, those eye sockets, the empty eye sockets. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to kind of like follow along as we go through this. And I had to shut the book for a minute because I was like, I don't even want to look at it. Like, I don't want to. <laughs> That's how I feel about this one and the thing, those bulging yeah. eyes. She has no eyes. His eyes are, it's too much. I can't. So yeah. anyway, she's chatting up this preacher guy and um, she's saying, oh, my lover killed me for my money and buried me in the cellar didn't do a very great job because now I'm a haunt and he also hid the money somewhere so if you could just uh do me a solid find my nasty remains and bury those properly then I can stop being a ghost and then I'll also help you figure out who murdered me and you can take the money and give it to the church so now it becomes like a mystery story and it it takes us on to a whole other uh, path here so he uh buries her properly and then um, he takes a little piece of her finger bone, which has rotted off the flesh. So that's lovely. Takes the finger bone and he puts it into the little donation uh, bowl that mm-hmm. you give out. Okay, I'm mm-hmm. paraphrasing here. I'm not reading from the book anymore. <laughs> so he starts passing out the donation uh, dish and a specific man touches it and absolutely loses his mind because the finger is stuck to his hand disgusting I hate it and so that's when he's very terrified and he confesses to the murder so he's taken away and arrested and then the preacher goes back to the haunted house and the creepy ghost woman tells him where to find the money he finds the money he gives it to the church everything kind of works out in the end um so there's less of that buildup of tension followed by the most horrifying part at the end Mm -hmm. um the end is just gives you a little bit of creepiness where it says you know where the ghost had held on to his coat the print of those bony fingers was burned right into the cloth and it never did come out because she held on to his collar as she told him her whole life story mm-hmm. so very creepy one and it's it's I think the beginning is more creepy than the end but then also this image is really <laughs> yeah it's a lot. Yeah, this is the one that does me in. And I'm trying to look at the image a little bit more. It's hard though, but there's like <laughs> shading on her neck. So I wonder if she was murdered by like strangulation. Yes, that's a part that I, I didn't read aloud from the yeah. book, but as he's waiting for this creepy ghost to come up, um, I'm going to find this part. Mm-hmm. I promise I'm going to find it. It sounded like her voice was coming and going with the wind blowing it. Yeah, and there's a part somewhere in here. Oh, it's on this other page. Here it is. When he's just starting to listen to the creepy stuff happening, um, 
he hears walking back and forth in the cellar. Mm -hmm. Then he hears, it sounded like somebody was trying to scream and got choked off. Then there was a lot of thrashing around and struggling. And finally, everything got quiet. Mm -hmm. That's like the second paragraph of the story. Mm -hmm. I hate it. In this book for children. (laughs) For children. Love it so much. Yeah, that, that is definitely one of the creepier stories in the book. Like, oh, take my finger and put it in the offering plate and like <laughs> bury my bones properly. And yeah, then he got like some money. So, okay. Maybe he used that money to start an Airbnb. <laughs> Do you like that segue? I did. <laughs> I tried my best. Yeah. Speaking of Airbnb. Speaking of Airbnb. <laughs> Have you ever just stay somewhere that's really creepy? Have we got a story for you? And it's called The Guests. The Guests is the final story in part two. Um, And so the premise is there's a young couple. They're traveling. They decide it's time to stop for the night. So they pull off the road looking for somewhere to stay. And they spot a little house in the woods and they think maybe the people that live here rent rooms and so they approach this house in the woods and ask if the people rent rooms an older couple lives there elderly couple and they're like no we don't rent rooms but you're welcome to stay here we would enjoy your company and so the couple's like cool they decide to spend the night there and so they're hanging out with this elderly couple and they're all having a good time it's very pleasant and the young couple tries to offer them money again and say like we we really want to pay you for the room and the older couple's like no no no, don't worry about it and so everybody goes to bed the next morning the young couple wakes up really early before the elderly couple and decides they have to get on their way And they really do want to pay for the room. So they leave an envelope of money on the table um, as they walk out. They go have breakfast in the next town over and they're telling the restaurant owner um, about where they stayed last night. And the restaurant owner becomes very shocked and says, that's not possible. That can't be. That house that you're talking about burned down. And the old man and old woman that lived there died in fire and so the couple is of course shocked and scared and they're like that can't what we just stayed there and so they backtrack and they go back to the house and where the house was that they just had come from is just a like burnt down shell of a house um and so they're freaking out because they don't know how this can be but then there's one more layer where they approach and on the table inside the burnt down house is the money that they left that morning. Great. <sighs> it's, I, I just, I feel like I have so many questions with this one too. Like, it seems like the old couple really didn't take anything from them, like including their money. So like, I, I feel like when they said that they wanted company, like mm-hmm. they, they really just wanted to like Have hang out. Coffee. We'd love to host you. You want some non-ghosty cake? Yeah. Yeah. A donut? <laughs> yeah. 
and the house itself is like spooky like just the way it was depicted I wouldn't have thought that this house was like an inn I would have thought it was an old creepy house yeah. but I will say so my grandparents they own property in northern Michigan and it used to have like little cabins on it and sometimes people would stop by to like see if they were still renting them and they weren't but I would this house like I wouldn't think it was an inn so yeah yeah I mean it looks like in the I don't know like the windows look bright in the photo mm -hmm. so it kind of gives you the impression that someone's in there but then also yeah. there's like stuff growing on the porch and mm -hmm. like some really scraggly trees and like it does not look um I don't know approachable Very appealing um, and I read in the notes at the back that the author says the story is well known in the area of Albany, New York. Um, so he heard a version from his wife and then um, also a version in a report by someone named Lewis Jones, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess in that area, everybody knows this story, or some version of it. Interesting. Interesting. And his informant was Thunna Cooper. Well, if you don't have an experience like that at least once when you're airbnb are you really right. airbnb <laughs> Yeah. Schwartz predicted the rise of Airbnb. <laughs> Way to go. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode. Don't forget to tune in next week to hear what we thought about part three. Until then, stay spooky.